there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then just, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. And I'm Cam. How are you gents? Good. Thanks. How's your weekend been? It's good. Yep. Yeah. Went up to Byron Bay. Sure did. Went to a hemp farm. Yeah. Got some hemp seeds. Is hemp good or bad? Hemp's would very say, good. Would you say? Pro-hemp. Yeah? You've got Pro hemp pilled? Yep, got hemp pilled. I, uh... Yeah. Use some crushed hemp seeds to do like a crumb chicken with them last night. Mm. Bloody delicious. Is this yeah. gonna, are we going to pivot into being a hemp podcast? I think there's crossover. Maybe we can do the conspiracy around hemp and why it... And why it has been kept down. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone talk about that? No, but when I was researching an article, I spoke to a guy who told me a lot about that. Um, how like Australia was colonised for hemp purposes. They were going to grow hemp for sales and to help the shipping and stuff. Right. And then by the time they... So con- the whole convict thing was a lie? I think it was just kind of, I don't know, you need someone to work on the farms, don't you? And so we need someone to farm the hemp. Yeah. yeah right. um, but by the time it was colonised, ships didn't really need sails anymore and ropes because they had steam. Uh, so they said, uh, just, I don't know, open minds or whatever they did. I believe you also have some hemp numerology gear from your trip. I do. Maybe we can do that as another podcast. Well, can we maybe do it now? Because I just want to get straight into numerology in this podcast. Okay. Um, well, the so apparently 108 is a mystical number. I like this idea that you had that this one little hemp thing could stretch out to a full episode. That's This number is apparently a mystical number yeah. to a lot of people, like in yoga and stuff. Yeah. And it's not one that I've come across on our chronology yeah, I've stuff. I've never heard of it. Uh, so this guy was saying how 108 is significant for, I don't know. He didn't really say why. It adds up to nine and other things add up to nine, yeah, which yeah. wasn't really clear. Uh, then he said once we sort of had the farm all planted and ready to go, we, were, we realized it was 108 meters above sea level. Ooh. I kind of wanted a fact check on that. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder if he's being generous with the rounding because where we were standing, we were looking down hills. So, like, we probably walked down at least 10 metres. Yeah. So, where is the 108? Is it right on the hemp farm? Or was it the house? Mm. Mm. Uh, and also, they planted a whole bunch of holes, like dug up holes. So, hemp, I think, grows pretty much 
on its own. You just kind of chuck the seeds out, but they they dug some holes to sort of start things off. Yeah, it's not hard to go, is it? It's, it's like, like a weed. If you look in your spare room. It's like a weed, isn't it? Weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they dug all these holes, and then they got a drone up to film it, and they counted the holes. Hundred and eight. There was no pre-planning for how many holes they were going to. No dig. pre-planning. No? I think that'd be part of it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. Like, it's pretty Too baked to worry about <laughs> counting. Uh, so yeah, apparently hundred and eight is the the big number. Yeah. Adds up to nine. Adds up to nine. Three times three is nine. Yep, sure is. Yep, 33. Two, two threes, 33. 33. 33. Yep. Speaking of 33s, mm. Cam and I caught up for lunch in the week. All right, but braggy, but okay. Yeah, that's wasn't, right. Wasn't invited, okay. That's right. I think it was when you were at work. Okay. And uh, we pulled into a, a car park just randomly, no pre-planning. Yeah, like these guys with their holes. Yeah. I just pulled in off the street into a car park, got out to put the number into the little meter. Yeah. What number am I, Cam? Uh, only number 33. Did you think Cam was having a bit of a laugh? Like, well, ah, good one, Cam. All right. What well, number were we really? I did hear him say something like, oh, you planned that well or something. Or like, you made a little quip about it. And it wasn't until afterwards that I realized why. We go order our delicious lunch. They're like, here's your table number. Why not? 13 or something? 33. What? Ridiculous. <sighs> What'd you just have? Freemason fries. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about modern art. And I thought we might start off with Banksy. I've got a little bit of historical art gear as well. Can I throw that in? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. We're talking about art today. Yeah. yeah. An emphasis on modern art because we live in modern times. Mm. Before we kick off though, I just want to say thanks to Tom. Oh, yes. Tom DeLonge, uh, Bung Two. Thanks yep. for the memories. Yeah. But also thanks to Tom, our Patreon supporter. Mm. Tom is our $33 Epic Cooked unit supporter. If you want to support us, throw us a little bit of change, you can get on patreon.com slash hypothepod. Help support the podcast. Mm-hmm. I love a bit of support. So we're talking about art today, and I thought we'd start off with Banksy, on, upon whom I have some numerology gear. Okay. But you also have... A Banksy conspiracy theory of your own, Salty. Well, which is the other day, yeah, uh, October five. Uh, there was a controversy at a Sotheby's auction. Yeah, is that how we say? Oh, it's Sotheby's. 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 As well. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he he did his one of his famous paintings, "Girl with a Balloon." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, see, here's the thing, I don't, and this is me, like, I know who Banksy is, I know what his deal is. Well, I don't know who he is, obviously, because no one knows who he is. <laughs> but I know Banksy, and I know that his deal. Mm-hmm. Is that girl with a balloon, is that just, does that just exist once? Or is that just, is that a series of, like, things that he did stencils of? of them. Okay. Uh, That's the beauty of the stencil, you can just keep doing them. Yeah. I, I think, no, most of the stuff he does at once, like on a wall... But then it's been recreated. But right. I, I think this is... It's obviously not the original because they're not selling a wall. Yeah. But... So it was on canvas. Yeah, yeah. And it said it was signed and dedicated on the back. So I'm assuming that, yeah, it's a re, it's one of his things that he did somewhere. Yeah. And then he's done canvas yeah, yeah. stuff of it. Yeah, right. he's got shitloads of canvases. So... But on the other hand, apparently he's famously against auctioning as well. Yeah, so it was this thing... It's weird I, that he's made so much money off auctioning his work then, isn't it? I never really caught how it started, but it was like, oh my God, uh, shocking events at this auction at Sotheby's when the hammer fell on this Banksy work 
and it just instantly destroyed itself by shredding out the bottom of the frame. Mm. And there was footage of the footage of it happening at the auction, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And then Banksy's like, "Yeah, I set this up four years ago or something for that to happen." If just on the off chance that it ever got auctioned, right? I, um, just let me. I'm just gonna. I'm calling bullshit on the whole thing. Yeah, of course. Like, you go you go online and you look it up, and there's threads on forums about it, and. There's a whole bunch of comments going, oh, fucking classic Banksy. What a genius. <laughs> oh, genius Banksy. Best move ever. And then there's all these people like breaking down the technicality of how he would have done it. Mm. Well, there's probably a receiver in there and someone had a transmitter and and then people arguing that like, if he set it up three years ago, there's no way batteries would still have any juice in them in there and Oh, but if he did this and it's just like all these fucking nerds just going on about how genius it was and how clever it was. And then the other side of it is a whole bunch of people going, there's no way this is real. There's Mm. no way the museum wasn't in on it Mm. or the auction house, whatever. And then you look at like the video that he posted of the thing he made to shred it. And it's like a whole bunch of exacto knife blades screwed down to a bit of wood. Right. With a piece of metal holding them down. Mm. But they're all facing the wrong way. Right. They're facing a way that would never cut anything. Right. So they're basically laying on their side. So it would be like you'd be dragging them sideways across the canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's canvas. It's not paper. So it's not like it's easy to cut. So I don't... What What are you saying? I'm saying... Okay, I'm saying I think it's bullshit. Yeah. And I'm also saying that his whole this is me putting the shit together video is bullshit. And I think he underestimated how dumb everyone is that saw the video. Mm. Because it doesn't take a rocket science to know that blades don't cut sideways. Yeah. Maybe they turned. That, no, this screwed to a bit of wood okay. and then there's a plate on top of them. <laughs> there's also the way that the stuff is coming out is like not flush with where the painting is. Yeah. And you also, I don't know, you see, you see the guy, the auctioneer, the auctioneer, you see him press a button or yeah, something. Yeah, the auctioneer clearly goes, sold, puts the hammer down, changes the hand, the hammer's in and then goes, click and presses something right. <laughs> on Which his desk. Just seems like a bit of acting. Really? I don't think that's even him setting anything off. Well, yeah, but it's like, why put that in there? Because that's so obvious. Like, has he just loaded his video with red herrings because he is a fucking genius? Do we know that? Do we know if that's just what they do at auctions to, like, stop electronic bidding or whatever? I don't know. Um, I'm sure there would be someone else in control of that. Well, auction McGee. The auction is up there. No, there's a reason. I don't know. Well, the gavel comes down. That's it. It's old school, mate. Bang. And then there's the people on the banks of computers who are doing all the digital stuff, right? And on the phones. On the old dog and bones taking the old uh, over the wire bids. Wait, what is this bit? (laughs) (laughs) The Cockney Cockney rhyming going. That's all how auction houses work, mate. Yeah. So he goes, bang. Clearly presses a button. And then the painting goes meh out of like the bottom of the frame. Yeah. But there's so much paper already f- looks like it's already fed through the mechanism 
that when the bottom of the painting goes off the screen, like another half a foot worth of papers like snaking out of the back of the, the right. frame. So I don't know. I just I don't know. The oh. whole the whole thing got me angry. Which aspect? I felt like I was being made to feel like I'm supposed to be some kind of idiot. <laughs> yep. I jumped on the whole bandwagon of getting angry because then they were like, he's like, oh, you shouldn't pay for art. Art should never be auctioned. And then they're like, oh my God, this thing is worth double now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, is it okay? Well, I did see some headlines saying like, yeah, could the Banksy be worth more now? It's mm. like, of course it will be. Like it's yeah. now a world famous moment in history. Yeah. Regardless of like how it came about or whatever. Yeah. People were just, people, as you said, people love that kind of thing. People are like, oh, Banksy, you're so clever. And, and, oh. The way I think it worked is I think the the painting went zoop up back into the frame. Like um, at train stations, the, the advertising, advertising banners. Yeah. Yeah. And it just spat out a pretty shredded thing out of the back. Yeah. That had been sitting in the rollers for three years because the first part of it's like kinked like an S, like it's been sitting there for oh, a long right. time. <laughs> How ironic that Banksy would employ the very technology, the advertising banner technology that he rails against. Yeah. Oh, we've got our own Banksy here. <laughs> Harpooned. Um, well, I just Banksy shits me. A, I like Banksy. Yeah, it just I'm shits, okay with it. It just shits yeah. me a little bit that it's like art. It's like art, you're always selling your art. Yeah, it's yeah. Sold all the time. <laughs> and this is the thing as well. Like, don't get me wrong. I, like, I, I like some of his stuff. Yeah. Like I see it. And I go, hey, that's cool. Yeah. You know, he's making a statement against things. You know, there'd be a. What, there's one with like a soldier with a machine gun with a little girl and it's like or whatever that one is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't it bad when soldiers kill little girls? Yeah. That is yeah. bad. Perfectly skewered Banksy. <laughs> Have you seen that Portlandia skit where they're like talking about that kind of art? No. Oh, it's so. great. I, I, don't, I won't describe it. All right, cheers for bringing it yeah. up. There. <laughs> well, maybe um, you have. Look it up out there. But yeah, I get he's making some statements and his art is clearly, you know, protesting whatever he's trying to... Yeah, making us question reality. Yeah. Question the world around us. Yeah, right. And I like to look at things. You know, if I see something along the street that's a bit of street art mm-hmm. with a statement, that's good to look at. Yeah. I went to see the Banksy exhibition at the Amsterdam Museum of Modern Art mm-hmm. earlier in the year. Was that the the Banksy slash Dali one? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't and go into it while I was there. It was funny because it's like he's got all of his anti-CCTV pieces mm. and then, of course, there's just CCTV cameras all over the museum. <laughs> <laughs> my take on the whole the shredding thing, it's probably my, similar to my take on the whole Banksy thing. Like, you know, people, the whole mystery of who is he? You know, oh my God, are we going to find out how he is? But if I find out how he is, it's really of no consequence to me anyway. Like, oh, yeah. it's Dave Smith. Yeah. I don't know who that is anyway. Yeah. It's, it's some private schoolboy. Yeah. And no matter who it is, like does does the, the not does the anonymity anonym uh, not knowing who he is yeah. does that add anything to the statement? Well I think I think stressing out about finding him detracts from the statement almost. Mm. Like let him be a mystery. And I think it's the same with this this painting, this incident. The moment where it shredded, mm. wow, people freaked out and it made world news. That's a fun little moment. Yeah. I think trying to examine it further than that as a you know, art piece probably 
I don't know, you kind of lose that mystery of the fun of just a fun moment. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, I did find out something about Banksy that's not so fun, which is that he's in the pocket of the Luciferian elite. Oh, that's pretty obvious. Uh, did you say a few years ago he did his like bad Disneyland yeah. exhibition, yeah. Dismaland? Yeah, I do remember that. It was like a shitty post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland theme park sort of thing. Yeah, I know someone who went to it while they were over there. I can't remember who it was. Did they, they have they a horrible was, time? They said it was cool. Like, okay. But I, yeah, I found a video of a guy who was like, look, Banksy's like putting out all the right messages, but he's also, then they went in for a deep dive. They're like, it's really great that he's like against corporations and the elite and blah, blah, blah. But then they did this big deep dive into the poster he had for this Dismaland thing. Mm. And all of like the apocalyptic themes that it had in it. Which he felt were like secret NWO messages. <laughs> it's like, no, this is just blatant messages. <laughs> this is just, there's no hidden symbology here. It's absolute symbology. Yeah. It's the same as when people look at like Iron Maiden backmasking and stuff and they're like, oh, look at all the satanic imagery they've got. It's yeah. Like, yeah, that's, we all know this. Yeah. You're not lifting, lifting the, the lid on this. The other bad thing about Banksy is that oh he'll take a pot shot at like soldiers killing kids or whatever, but he refuses to say a word about the fact that all news events are contrived in order to present a series of letters and numbers from which we can derive their true meaning. So, for example, Banksy uh, comes out in the Jewish gematria, the mm. 543. Yeah, 2 one. Uh, the day that this happened was October 5. Yeah. However, you'll note the day that it was reported was the next day, October 6, which if you take those numbers, those letters and numbers together, it comes out to 54. That's 6 plus 10 plus 20 plus 18 equals 54. Okay. 5 plus 4 also equals 9, by the way. Yep. Uh, Balloon Girl comes out to 54, shreds itself. Comes out to 54. Uh, you know what else comes out to 54? Mark of the Beast. Ooh. Whoa. Now, Wait, but Mark of the Beast is 666. No, the words Mark of the Beast. Yeah, but come, like... Come out to 54. Like, <laughs> it already has a pretty unique symbology. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need to be like, ooh, we found out that this adds up to something. Plus it also means something in this other type of number. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, please allow me a massive aside... Because I found this other story, and there's a bunch of numbers. I promise you that it'll pay off later on in the episode. Okay. Because I had a foreshadow. I had a little moment today where I was like, am I losing my fucking mind putting these things together? Great. So this will be a little fun little thing later on. So October 5, 2018, apparently a big day for shredding stories. So on the same day that Banksy shredded his artwork. New Ninja Turtles movie announced. All right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> no. On that same day, a toddler in Holiday, Utah, shredded over one thousand dollars that his parents were saving up to pay off a debt. Yeah, I saw that story. Yeah. That's irresponsible. How are you leaving a toddler with a thousand dollars of cash and a shredder? <laughs> in the same the shredder, situation. a famously fun <laughs> thing to put paper through. Like, what scenario are these people living in? I don't know if I'd be able to believe this. Anyway, so 5, 10, 18 adds up to 33. Our toddler comes out to 33. <laughs> okay. Holiday comes out to 33. Yeah. Right. So I know what you're thinking. 
the story is obviously a tribute to the cir- no oh. to the circle circles which are very important to the new world order uh, I wasn't so, thinking that <coughs> circles the Joe Satriani song uh, the word circles comes out to 33 Ooh. holiday Utah comes out to 47 which is also what the circle comes out to what is this how do we get into circles here where did this come from it's clear so or can you see all the 33s in the story do you yeah. know the word circles yeah which yeah. comes out to 33 okay what the fucking do the math what's the significance of circles though it comes out to 33 and there's already all these other 33s in the story and circles are very important to the new world order are they okay so clearly it's about circles the triangles were okay all right Let's put that... That's one bit. Okay. Let's say we're on the newsroom with fucking Jeff Bridges. Mm. Right. All right. One bit of information is that there's all these 33s and cir- Circles is also 33. Yeah. All right. We can't go to the news with that. That's that's Fox News would go go on air with that one. Right? Yeah. Are these newsroom references too dated? Uh, yeah, but we're running with it. We're running with it. Fox News might go to air with that. We need at least two sources. Well, consider this. Holiday Utah, so not just holiday now, comes out to 47, and the words The Circle come out to 47. I don't know at what point Cam's so- doing a bit here. <laughs> Where the bit starts and ends in this whole thing. I'm anyway, still confused as to why circles are so Yeah, I think we should just we should accept and move on. It's I think a- Cam will... Hope, I'm hopefully Cam will bring it around. Yeah. <sighs> this is not my theory, by the way. I'm recounting something. Okay. All right. Now, the number 47 is obviously important here. We all know the the letter O, yep. which is basically a circle. Pretty much. Yep. And is the 15th letter of the alphabet. Okay. Yep. 47 is the 15th prime number. Yep. yep. 15th, the word, is 150 in the reverse ordinal system. Oh. That's when... So... You have to get the reverse ordinal system in the mix. You know how we were do how we've been doing like all the different gematrias. So we've got like the Jewish one and the Chaldean, Pythagorean, and the Pythagorean. So there's there's or, English ordinal, which is just a equals one, b equals two. Right. And then they've also got reverse ordinal, which is z equals one, y equals two, and so on. Yeah, you want to give yourself options if you yeah. need to add numbers up to a certain thing. Ah, uh, this bike gives itself a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> so. The headline of the article was Toddler Shreds Over $1,000 His Parents Saved to Pay a Debt, which comes out to 1500 uh, If you count the... That's not a pithy headline, by the way. No. Yeah, well, they have to... They can't be as pithy as they'd like because they need the uh, data. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, Holiday Utah comes out to 105 in... Sorry, Holiday UT comes out to 105 yep. in some system. And, of course, October 5th, 10-5 in the American Dating... Yep. System. The famously horrible dating system that Merrick mm-hmm. uses. Uh, the parents were Ben and Jackie Belknap. Oh. Uh, they they had $1,060 was the exact amount. If you do Ben, Jackie Belknap, that comes out to 106 And of course, the word pie, which is famously important to circles, mm-hmm. comes out to 16 uh, 314, which is the first digits of pie, comes out to 160 in English ordinal. And the words the circle come out to one sixty in reverse ordinal, and a thousand and sixty dollars comes out to three one four, if you do all of those words together. Yep. Now their son's name was Leo, like Leonardo 
from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. Hey. Which equals 150 if you do it in reverse and then fully reduce the numbers. Although they haven't fully reduced it because then you would get six. Yeah. Uh, Leo equals 32. Circle equals 32. Uh, to get their money back, which apparently they can, they can send Ziploc bags, uh, Ziploc bags, 47, to the US Department of Treasury Mutilated Currency Division, which comes out to 617. So there's actually a division where if you accidentally shred all your money, you can send all the parts to them and they'll give it back to you. Yeah. Jesus. But like in a few years? Yeah, right. For that Once to like sticky taped all the bits back together. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like some massive busy work? Yeah. I guess... They can't, if too much money it's taken out of circulation, it screws up the economy or something. And I guess you can't just say, oh, here's all this shredded money. It was $1,000. Mm. They have to sort of verify it somehow. Yeah. yeah. And the only way to do that is to make Put sure it it's all there. What if you have one of those shredders that shreds like five different ways? <laughs> <laughs> and that just makes it a tough job. Again, don't leave your child near it. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing funner than shredding things five different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, safer. That department comes out to 617. 617, of course, as we all know, is the 113th prime number. Mm. Oh, we did know that. Which is, of course, a reference to the Bavakama 113A of the Talmud, which states the Jews may use lies to circumvent a Gentile. Oh. Which I looked up. That's not quite accurate. No. <laughs> Don't they also say that about, about Islam as well? Isn't that one of the... Yeah, well, there's a thing in Islam, what is it, takia, mm. which is the you're allowed to lie to a non-Muslim to avoid getting killed. Mm. Right. But otherwise, they're like, we really frown on lying yeah, in the religion. Yeah. yeah. So I looked up uh, Bhavakama 113a of the Talmud, and the Talmud's like not the, it's like not the official text thing. It's mm. like all of these rabbinical discussions and conversations and decisions and things going over like hundreds and hundreds of years from thousands of years ago. Mm. And so if you turn to 113A, uh, firstly, you have to get through all of this stuff about when is it okay to not show up to a court summons? Okay. Like if no one tells, like if no one told you that you were being summoned to court. That's okay. That's okay. I guess, yep, that... Hard to argue that one. Yeah. Then there's all this stuff about like, can you lie to a um, a customs collector, so some or like a tax collector, yeah, if they're not appointed by anyone, if they're just a self-appointed collector of customs, can you be like, oh, this is like, which I guess was a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People going around me like, oh, I'm just here to collect the the taxes, yeah. the salty salty tax time. Yeah. Hand it over, boys. I'm the uh, wallet inspector. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say to them, oh, my wallet's already been inspected. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Wallets haven't been invented yet. Yeah. We're all using money purses still. So there's a bunch of stuff like that there. And then finally, it get, there's a conversation about, can you... Uh, so it's not really lying. <clears throat> They're saying, if you're in court, can, uh, can a Jew say... Uh, if there's a way that they can get out of whatever the problem is through Jewish law, can they say, well, this, this is permissible in our law, but maybe it's not permissible in Jewish law, but it is permissible in the Gentile law. Can you then say to them, well, this is permissible in your law, so you have to let me go. And then there's the question is, is there any circumstance in which you can... Why would they if, be in court? 
For some, for some sort of crime. Yeah, but then they're like, actually, it's not illegal under your laws. I'm like, oh shit, we shouldn't have dragged you to court. Yeah, I don't know. This is the, take it up with some rabbi a thousand years, <laughs> two thousand years ago. Bloody well. And then there's a thing like, if there's no way out of it, can you like take a circuitous route? Which I don't know what exactly what that means. But it's a conversation between all these different rabbis, mm. like over a long time frame, and. So the bit that he's taking out is just this one thing. And then the exact next thing is like, no, you cannot do that. Right. And then you get to bloody 113B where it's like, now let's say that the king took a bunch of wood to make a bridge. Is it okay to go across that bridge if they stole that wood? And some rabbi's like, no, you can't. And the next rabbi's like, we've got to get across the fucking bridge though, guys. Yeah. (laughs) So let's work out. Let's work this out. How can you overthrow the king? For being a bloody thief, mm. if you can't get yeah. across this bridge to get to him. Well, in the thing, they're like, well, let's say that the king took a little bit of wood from each village or from like each valley of the area. Yeah. That'd be fine, right? And then the next rabbi was like, what if you just took it from one valley, guys? <sighs> yep. Before I call this out as a massive Jewy shooey, <laughs> how did we get to this point? So I, I forgot at one point and I thought about it and I remembered. So this. Kid shredded the money on the same day that Banksy's thing yeah, happened. The same day, David. Right, okay, yeah, got it. That <laughs> don't so, throw in your little <laughs> your little things for the Kiwis. Yeah, Kiwis out there, you like that one? Uh, so shredding in that day or okay. related to then Jewish people because of some Jewish no, numbers. The U.S. Department of <laughs> Treasury Mutilated Currency Division is six seventeen, which is the hundred thirteenth prime number. Yeah. And this guy says that 113 is the number the NWO uses to represent dishonesty because it comes from this Talmud thing. And it's just, I found all of that led me down a little rabbit hole, which I won't go into, but all of these like little things cherry picked out of the Talmud, which people use to like say, oh, this is how fucking sneaky they are. So what do you think this person's theory is? Behind all this, then, like behind it all, is the theory that all of this, all of these news events are completely contrived hmm. to add up to the number of the day. Why? Because that's just how they do it. Okay. Nothing really happens. It's all just to keep the numbers going as tributes, or like just to throw it in your face. If if the people running the whole world, mm. whoever they might be, yeah. Like a nerds by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah nerds that, that love numbers. Yeah. Maybe, like, I feel like I'd be way too distracted to be like, hey, on 10th of October, we should do these two things because they add up to these numbers. I'd be like, I don't know, I'm off doing rich people stuff. <laughs> you know? On a jet somewhere. Anyway, the point is, the Talmud is like a, this ongoing conversation mm. that like was being constantly updated. Is it still being updated? I don't think so. Yeah. Other numbers that add up to other things that add up to 113, perjury, dishonest, yep. not true, infidelity, mainstream, oh, as in the mainstream oh. media, yeah, and politics. Oh. Cheers, Banksy. Uh, this article in the mainstream media was written by Amanda Jackson and Chanel Terry, whose names together add up to 113. Uh, the shredded money that they had was to pay back their parents for University of Utah football tickets, which University of Utah comes out to 1998. $1,500 worth of football tickets. Season passes. Yeah, and 
Bloody college football? Yeah, it's huge. They routinely sell out like 100,000 people yeah, games. Right. 1998, of course, is 666 times 3. Okay, that's good. And the words mathematics of the circle come out to 666 in George Gematria. Yeah, yeah. Also, Leo, Ninja Turtle, what do they love to eat? Pizza. Which is? Pizzagate. Which is a circle. Ah, a circle. Sorry, yeah, Pizzagate. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out on March 30, 1990. Exactly 1,488 weeks before the article came out. No mention of 1488 yeah, being in their Nazi code. <laughs> yeah. uh, 1488 comes out to 227. Uh, then, I've got <laughs> then I've got there are 360 degrees in a circle and 360 equals 270. I think 227 is a... What's 22 divided by 7 come out to? Oh. You needed to do this math before you got on the show. Oh, 227 is, uh, comes out to 3.14. 22 divided by 7. Okay. Which is pi. Yeah. And then the rest of it obviously doesn't. Yeah. It's not exactly pi. <laughs> well, we know pi is 4 anyway. Yeah. Everyone knows pi is just a rich man's trick. So. So. Moving on to modern art. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, one thing I th- when I was looking at all the Banksy stuff... Like, I was watching this guy ranting on about... I couldn't, I couldn't find that video. I found the video... The video that originally triggered me on all this, I watched last week. I tried to find it again doing research for this week. Mm. I couldn't re-find it. I can't remember where I found it the first time. Scrubbed from the internet, probably. Maybe. Maybe he was onto something. Mm. But he, um, he was talking about the fact that no one knows who Banksy is. It's a mystery... And no one can find out who he is. And the guy's like, that's such a load of shit. Like, it must be, would have to be so easy to figure out who he is because he's got an agent. Yeah. He's moving shitloads of money. Yeah. He does all this stuff around the world. Surely it's not that hard to track back something to find out who this guy is. Mm. Right? I assume so. In the world of like getting, being able to get information on anyone. I'm pretty sure. Even if it's like a, sh- a corporation that's set up that he puts all his money through, surely you can track back to see who's in charge of that. I'm pretty sure people have sussed it out before. Isn't it some guy from Massive Attack? Mm. Well, he's one of the suspects. Yeah, but like, I think it's one of those things where you find out how it is and it's, it is, as I said earlier, like... Some dude. Yeah, like what? what's the meaning to knowing or what do you gain mm. from knowing? It's like where they found who Drill was, the Twitter guy. Um, he's a famous uh, weird Twitter joke jokester. Right. Um, and they found out who he was and it was just a dude. And it's like, what do you do? What do you then do with that information? Yeah. So I think the, the massive attacks thing came down to they realized that uh, Banksy's artworks were rocking up in places where massive attack had just been touring. Mm, mm. <laughs> and they figured out that it would be really easy for him to just go on tour and, you know, go out at night and bang up a stencil yeah and he would have the money behind him to be able to go out and do that kind of stuff yeah yeah or is he just a massive massive attack stand yeah it's like a deadhead but for massive attack yeah yeah yeah. also like the idea that it's not a person it's a bunch of people yes it's like an art collective yeah i think that's i think that's probably more uh reasonable explanation Mm. of it Mm. i would be happy if it turned out to be that 
Welcome back. All right. Let's, hey, you, hey. let's talk about modern art. All right. Isn't it, isn't it all junk? What hey? a bunch of trash. Yeah. I could do that. Hey? Yeah, but Cam, you didn't. No, that's correct. That's exactly right. Um, I didn't do it. So. But you didn't do it. Did the person who didn't need to do it? Yes. Did they? Why? Because it's... So, so Salty's... <laughs> Uh, discussing this show early on, you've come out as pretty anti-modern art as a, an entire genre, oh. which is pretty fair to like anyone doing art now. Unfair, sorry, because modern art isn't really, you know, it's anything. Yeah, I guess coming to the world of art appreciation as an artist, mm. I've lived my whole life not really appreciating much art. Mm. Fartist. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <sighs> so I, I find that as I get older, I'm starting to find art that I like. And for the past 39 years, I've just not really cared about art, but I've produced a lot of art. Yeah. So I, um, like people, whenever they see my artwork, they're like, oh, you must really like artist A, artist B, or you must be, you like fucking must love that. I'm just like, I don't know who you're talking about. So I feel like I, I've always come to art quite naively mm. or like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An outsider? Yeah. No, like ignorance. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I saw a bunch of these videos of modern art, I was watching them going, ah, it's funny because it's true. Yeah. It is all just <laughs> fucking rubbish. <laughs> and I guess the... The thing that made me originally want to pitch modern art as we're getting into it as like a CIA weapon mm. was the video that I can't find anymore about Banksy's shredding video because mm. that guy went on to bang on about modern art a lot and this, the history with the CIA and everything. Yeah. So... But, oh, sorry, go. No, no, you're right. So I guess the, we came to this with the question or with the, the awareness that there is a confirmed conspiracy that the CIA used modern art as propaganda. Yeah. Um, so that part's true. Yeah. So I guess the history of that is, I guess when the Cold War started, after World War II, uh, America and Russia are like, you guys suck. No, you guys suck. Fucking piss off. You're shit. You're <laughs> shit. I'm not shit. You're shit. Doing this whole thing for like 50 years or whatever. <laughs> Cold War summed up. <laughs> <laughs> I've got bombs, so have I. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you shoot your bombs, I'll shoot my bombs. So yeah, right. Well, do it. Nah, you do it. You do it. I'm not going to do it. You do it. But if you do it, I'm going to do it. Right. <laughs> the Cold War bloody skewered. <laughs> Who needs Banksy? <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, and here's the thing, right? Sorry to uh, jump straight back. Signature rants. Modern art, right? As we're talking about it in air quotes. In air quotes. Yeah. As we're talking about it, I mean in this, which is abstract um, expressionism. Expressionism, right? Is is Banksy modern art? Sure, but Banksy it's not expressionism though. No, because is this, that's abstract. the thing. Modern art is modern art isn't still 
abstract expressionism, is it? That's not what we're... That's... We're talking about specific movement of art. Yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. But which continues... People continue to do very similar stuff today. Yes. And I think it's the stuff that's happening today that people are are rallying so hard against, like mm. Joe Rogan's. Mm. Oh, it's weird because like Joe Rogan's and like the Paul Joseph Watson, some of the videos I watched, they're rally- rallying against modern art and they're rallying against abstract expressionism. And they're also rallying against like minimalism, mm. which minimalism was already rallying against abstract expressionism. <laughs> it, it's quite like watching the Rogan. So Rogan, yeah, had a, a video on this or mm. a rant about this, but so he went to an art gallery, was unhappy that like there was a, a white walls art or... Yeah, a curvy, there was a curvy, a curvy wall. wall. And he was like, that. I thought there'd be cool paintings on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was the art. But like the whole point is to elicit emotion. So like if he's going in there and like, ah, ah, like, I don't know. I feel like the artist has achieved something, right? Like doing the whole white, plain white wall art, which he talks about, or yeah. just, a, just a cube in an art gallery... But like the, the point is to like quest make you question have these questions. Yeah. So when they're walking away going, Oh, this is an art, then the arts achieved what it But what if what, what it if the, so the artist okay, I'm an artist, I walk up to a big empty room mm. and I eat a banana, throw the peel there. Yep. And then I grab a bucket, put the bucket next to the banana peel, take a piss in it, I'm like, fucking my masterwork is done, right? Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, this is... I I attach a meaning to this piece of art, mm-hmm. right? And that's my... I'm expressing that through this. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan walks in and goes, fucking, it's just a bucket of piss and a banana peel sitting on the fucking floor. Yeah. Salt marsh, what are you doing? You f- this fucking dumb shit. Walks out, takes his kids with him. Mm-hmm. His kids were in the story. He gets His kids were in the story. In the video, yep. <laughs> I'm, as the artist of that, I don't think I would be going, mission accomplished. Uh, I, I think feel, you would be. Yeah, if you 100%. Get, only if, get, if I'm going, yeah, that's because you're too dumb to fucking understand no, it. No, I think, I think a lot of these situations, they are wanting that reaction, that exact reaction of people questioning. If you can get Joe Rogan to walk out of somewhere without having to engage with him at all, then <laughs> you've won. But like, but... Should I not be upset that my the point of the art that I've created isn't being understood? No, I'm not. I'm not. Didn't do fucking piss bucket banana peel to make people question their reality. I did it because it represents like my essence in a bucket and my love for bananas. <laughs> I don't think anyone's doing piss, piss bucket banana peel. Fuck, this is good. Piss bucket banana peel is great. <laughs> um, to like. No one's doing it to, to show off their artistic skill. No, they're doing, they're doing it to it express to, something. Yeah, and to elicit questions in a lot, in a lot of these cases. But that was, he didn't ask me any questions. He just come in and went, this is a fucking load of shit. I'm out of here. Give me yeah, my money back. Then he goes away and goes, what's art? What is all this art stuff? And so it leads to the debate about... Also, one of the things that I think they miss the point of, you know, anyone can do it. Like a lot of these artists, like you look at Andy Warhol. Right. Andy Warhol's modern art, you know, he's prints of Marilyn Monroe in different mm. colors. But you look through his early stuff and he can actually, he's actually studied painting, studied drawing, can yeah. draw really well as a, a really talented artist. Mm. You don't get to the point where you can get into 
big art galleries and have a name for yourself without having, you know, you, you can't just wander in and piss her in a bucket and get Joe Rogan to pay for it. Cause why not? I'm an artist. Oh, fair enough. Fucking don't judge my, <laughs> don't judge piss bucket banana peel. If you don't get it. Cat, you know what I mean? Like guy off the street can't just do that and have people come and pay for it unless they've got support of a gallery and they've built or the CIA or the CIA, <laughs> which just brings us back to the CIA. Right. Do we want to talk about the CIA part? Yeah. So Russia, Russia had art, right? Yeah. And Russia's art was socialist realism and there was rules. So art in in or in the Soviet Union at the time was, was controlled by the state. Mm. So the, there was four rules that about art Stalin had established. Four rules. Mm-hmm. Art had to be proletarian. So it had to be relevant and understandable to the workers, mm-hmm. which I think is fair enough. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? The everyman should be able to walk in and go, yep, cool, cool art. Yep. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Hasn't made me question anything. Yep. Definitely hasn't made me question the role of the state. I'm yep. happy that I came here to this art gallery. Because I walked in and I got everything. Yeah. I'm not yeah. confused. I'm not... I didn't have to fucking go over there and look at Piss Bucket Banana Peel. Yeah. I didn't have to take off my huge furry hat and scratch my head. No. <laughs> uh, typical was the second rule. So it had to be typical. It had to be scenes of everyday life. Yep. That the people could understand and, and get. Yep. Had to be realistic in its representation. Yep. Um... And it had to be partisan. So it had to be supportive of the aims of the state and the party. Well, this, this sounds like a healthy breeding ground for innovative art. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is Russia's, this is what Russia was doing. Yeah. Art. Art yeah. should be for the people, should be for everyone, as long as it's telling what, saying what we want it to say, as long as it's like towing the line. Yeah. Anything else was considered illegal. Don't yeah, do a outlawed. picture of a bunch of people in a fucking line. No. No. <laughs> no. The last thing we want to be reminded of. <laughs> yeah, the get that bloody painting called fucking 400 people line to Maccas out of here. <laughs> and bloody get back in the, the guy hardworking in his farm yeah. for the betterment <laughs> of everyone. <laughs> um, so the CIA and America were like, well, fucking fuck that. Mm. Art is people should be able to express whatever they want. So let's bloody go to cultural war with Russia and we'll show them that, you know, Screw that. Yeah. Art should be about expressing whatever you want. Yeah. You know, if you want to fucking piss in a bucket and have a banana peel next to it. Well, they weren't quite up to piss bucket banana peel stages yet. No, but that's, you know, expressing art in a, diff- in a different well, way. Ab- yeah. Abstractly. So supporting that that freedom yeah. was, was their goal of, of setting or su- supporting that those artists. Yeah. Well, so the CIA well, established... The, the CIA comes in a little... I think that's step two. Step one was just the State Department was like, let's go out there and put this American expressionist art out there. Yeah. So they put on an exhibition. I think... Uh, on Paris, I think, was that the one? They put on a show called Advancing American Art and they spent $49,000 on it. Right. And uh, it instantly backfired because it turns out that there are all of these conservatives in America who are like, that's not real art. <laughs> <laughs> Real art should be a farmer and his wife in front of a barn. Yeah. <laughs> some some lady sitting in a rocking chair. I want something that Disney. I can understand. I don't yeah. want to be asking too many questions. Can we get some Russian artists in? <laughs> yeah. 
And so instantly, yeah, conservatives just shut the whole thing down. Why are we spending government money on this? Can we have a look at some of these artists? And they looked at the list of artists. They're like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of commies here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We can't do this. We can't be seen to be funding this. And so then the CIA was like, what if we just gave money to other people to do this? Mm. Get some foundations happening. Yeah. They can support the arts. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess they started pushing hard on on a few artists um, that were doing abstract work. Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. I wrote a bunch of them down. Jackson Pollock, Robert Motherwell, uh, Willem de Kooning, and Mark Rothko. Four that kept getting banged around Mm. by the people. And I mean, Jackson Pollock, you know, splattery paintings. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know any of the other guys. I know de Kooning's name, but I don't know any of his work. Mm. But um, there's a... (laughs) So... there's this thing where, okay, yeah, it's it's true that this happened. Like the CIA backed a whole bunch of promotion to push into modern art to push this ideal of do you know express whatever you want, however you want. It's, uh, your art is for for you, you know. Like, it, was, it was more just to kind of trigger Russia, right? Just to yeah, give it up to Russia. I think to make them realize like, the CIA didn't really give a shit about the the, the art itself. No, it was having just, a crack at Russia. Yeah. 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 And I guess to make the people in Russia realize, hey, we don't have to just draw people put up with fields. being fed the art the government wants us. Look yeah. at all this. Look at all this art yeah. in America and how like how different it is and, and yeah, progressive. Yeah. And why are we looking at this farmer? Yeah, or this dude putting up a flag. <laughs> so um, and there's this point in the video that I was watching where, about this where the guy flipped a switch and it went from the thing of okay the CIA helped push modern art in America to con to as propaganda against Russia to the CIA set up modern art to brainwash everyone yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I couldn't find where this switch (laughs) was 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 made it just become a thing well, that, I think that, and that's where, yeah, a lot of the, the modern art was a CIA conspiracy. It's not really accurate. Yeah. It's because they used it to, to gain or to, to, I guess, go against Russia. Yeah. I think part of it is there's the whole thing of like modern art is pushed by like the, the, the rich. The rich in their galleries are pushing modern art and mm. only the rich yeah. understand it. Yeah. And only the super intelligent people understand it. Anyone who doesn't is just dumb. Yeah. You don't get it. Yeah. It's, you're just like part of the dumb masses. Yeah. I think the original guy I was watching was basically saying they're pushing this because modern art can be anything and uh, meaning is attributed to it and that people who look at it have to accept that that's what that means. So that's how they're sort of changing the way that we think yeah, yeah, so that we stop making decisions for ourselves and start just taking information that's given to us because that's what we expect. Yeah. One of the pieces was a, a woman, I can't remember her name, artist, and her her <laughs> installation was just a bed. Oh, yeah. An unmade maybe. bed with yeah. a bunch of shit on the ground. Yeah. He's like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? So the whole, and like, I guess I go to a lot of art, things went to the venice biennale last year which is probably the biggest version of uh, there's a lot of like real modern art 
you know, wank. Full yeah. of wank. Um, I think we can sum it up, right? Modern art is just fucking a load of wank. But like, it's... <laughs> it's <laughs> Not everyone's on board. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really inexpensive, I guess, if you're in Venice. Or even in Melbourne. Like, it, the exhibitions, for the most part, are free or $10. Mm. Um, well, the MoMA thing was here mm. from New York. Mm. Famously boarded by a bunch of CIA ex-CIA men. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's re- reasonably accessible. Yeah. Cheaper than going to the footy or a concert. Mm. Um, and like the reason I like it is because there's cool stuff to look at. Yeah. Like I don't know what the artist's intent is, but if they do a cool video thing and maybe they've got a, I don't know, some sound, I'm into yeah. that. I get to look at something cool. Yeah. Would you go stand in a gallery while Yoko Ono screams? Yeah, if it was 10 bucks. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) She's, you know, she's world famous. She's throughout the last 40 years famous for being screaming and breaking up the Beatles. Yeah. You don't want to see that. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see the person that broke up the Beatles. If someone says 10 bucks, it's going to cost you 10 bucks to go see Yoko Ono scream. And while a bunch of people look on, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. Yeah, I probably there's a, there's a hilarious. <laughs> I figure there'd be heaps of people there. Be there's fun. a hilarious one at uh, the Museum of Modern Art in Hobart. Yeah, um, and it's a digestion, like it's a machine that basically they feed it a couple of times a day. Yeah, and I think twice a day it shits. Right. So like, <laughs> it go, goes through all the digestion process, and then like, you know what time it's gonna shit. So everyone like gathers around. Right. And it's, the room smells. It's disgusting. <laughs> and everyone's standing there, and it's just this huge machine. And then it's at the end, it's just a little <laughs> shit. And like we watch it, and I just fucking wet myself because it's like we're all gathered around watching the this thing shit. Yeah. It smells horrible. It's not a fun experience. Right. We waited for ages. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's hilarious. That's that's a hilarious thing to see. So what we learned from that is Robert will pay 10 bucks for basically anything. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't pay 10 bucks for that. It's gold. <laughs> anyway, I th- what I thought was funny was seeing, watching like Paul Joseph Watson videos about modern art and how it's trash and how it, his whole thing is that it's just, a, it's, it's for the elites and... Yeah, the, not for the ordinary person to understand. Mm. And so it's something that the, the elites have set up to confuse ordinary people. So mm. that they've. But it's like, what is. So what's the point of it? Why why have they done that? Well, so the Paul Joseph Watson one was funny because I think he told a story of going to an art gallery and being told off for sitting on a chair that was art. <laughs> so I think what's happened here is he got really embarrassed. And he's like, ah. Oh, Oh, what? No, you're wrong. Yeah, fuck my nut. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But all, it's also funny because all of these things he's railing against are things that the CIA promoted as anti-communist yes. tools. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, this is cultural Marxism in action. This is yeah. the communists secretly doing this. But it's like, it's all anti-communist stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also weirdly was pro-Ron Muick. Do you know Ron Muick? Yeah. Um, like, stuff's amazing. Yeah, so the sculptures, um, which are kind of like really creepy. It's like hyper-realistic yeah, sculpture. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've, bigger, like really big or really small. Yeah, yeah. Not, nothing life-size. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I feel like that, I don't know why he was 
so pro that for some reason. Like is it, it seems because it's something that you can just look at and you know what it is. I think, I think so. Yeah. I think he's also. I think he was also like what Rob Newick does takes a fucking inhuman amount of skill yeah, and talent. Yeah. yeah. Whereas pissing in a bucket next to a banana peel doesn't uh, well, if you're a crowd while you're pissing because yeah, it's hard to piss when there's a crowd around yeah no nah, i wouldn't piss in if, if you're a shy pisser yeah i'd charge at least 15 bucks if i was going to do it live <laughs> the thing about pissing in a bucket and putting a banana peel next to it is it does might not take skill to piss in the bucket and put a banana peel in it but it does take a lot of skill to convince anyone that that's worthwhile yeah putting in your thing yeah yeah right so modern art is just charlatism no, I, I think a definite big part of it is, but it's there's also strong ideas. Yeah. But like, where do you stand on Duchamp? I don't know who that is. The, you know, Marcel Duchamp, the guy. The that urinal did, guy? The urinal guy? No. I told you, I know fucking nothing <laughs> about art. You need to go to more art galleries. The urinal guy. He, what, one of his famous pieces is called The Fountain, and it's just a urinal, and it's an actual urinal that he's just right. bought from. The shop. Yeah. And he signed it with a pseudonym. And they've put it up. It makes people very angry because they're like, what's this doing in a gallery? It's right. just a urinal. I did see pictures of the urinal thing mm. in one of the rant videos I was watching. I do have a side bit about that. There's a conspiracy theory that he didn't just buy the urinal. <gasps> that he made the urinal. Really? His, his whole thing is that he does all of these like found object pieces. And this conspiracy theory is, what if he didn't find them? What if he actually sculpted them? <laughs> Which would take a lot of skill. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I do, I do have a few things on that. Uh, see, I, I would be into that. Mm. I would be into piss bucket banana peel if like someone had sculpted it. Just because it's a fucking really well-crafted piece of craft. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not for whatever message I'm trying to attribute to it. So with Fountain, uh, there's an, like a lost original picture of it that shows it only had one set of holes. Of course, a urinal needs two sets of holes for flushing and draining. Uh, he had a piece called Prelude to a Broken Arm, which was a, just a snow shovel. But uh, the snow shovel had a square shaft and everyone knows that a snow shovel needs to have a round shaft. Yeah, right. Mm. Otherwise, you'll hurt your arm. Yeah. That's the name. Uh, he has a piece called Hat Rack, which is a hat rack. He has another piece called Trap, which is a coat rack. Oh. But the hooks aren't right. They don't make any sense. If you tried to put a hat on them, they'd just fall off. Okay. And he also has a piece called Why Not Sneeze, Rose Salavi, which is a birdcage with a cuddle bone, marble sugar cubes, and a thermometer. But the birdcage is much too small for a bird. Like, it's not a marketable birdcage. Right. So, for his found art, Really, has he had a big trick going on? Yeah, that's and pretty cool. Yeah, there's this one researcher who's like, I've researched heaps of these Duchamp things, and they don't make sense as mm. actual products on the market. Mm. And meanwhile, like some proper art historian guys, like, if the, he just made them, then there's no point to it. Ah, <laughs> interesting. You know, Ron Muick, mm. famous hyperrealist sculptor. Mm. He was also one of the puppeteers of Ludo in the Labyrinth. There you go. Yeah. Sorry for a little aside. Bit of a Ron Mil- Milk stand here. Can I just also read out a comment from one of these Paul Joseph Watson uh, videos? Mm. This was up near the top. Raging Golden Eagle wrote, Funny enough, 
Funny enough, some of the best artists I've seen out there nowadays have to make a living drawing porn on commission, while literal shit gets displayed in a museum and sells for millions. Yeah. I'll draw porn on commission. <laughs> um, you want to see some mushroom titties? Yeah. <laughs> Paul Must, the mushroom would obviously be the cocks. Um, Paul Joseph Washington also shows footage of an art professor uh, who tricks his students. Oh, he shows them like a close-up of his art smock and says, see Jackson Pollock, and can you analyse this? And yeah. the art students all, you know, say, oh, on profound. About it. And, yeah. and then he's like, aha, tricked you. But that's kind of evidence that university elites are actually teaching students to question what they're seeing as modern art. Yeah. But he presents it as if it's evidence of the opposite. Yeah. And, it, and But also, someone went out to purposely trick some students to like, oh, you need to critique this and I need to impress my impress my professor. Mm. They got tricked. All it's evidence of is people get tricked easily. Yeah. It's not evidence that art's crap, I don't think. Well, I think it's evidence that fucking they wanked on about something that wasn't even a painting. Yeah. yeah. But like they were, they were tricked into doing it. Like if you were a, you know, 18 year old that's just gone to university and your art professor says, hey, tell me why this is important. You're like, oh shit, I need yeah. to. What about the the um, much respected, long time in the game art dealer that was on Sasha Baron Cohen's show? I've seen that. One. And he rocked up as playing some ex prison inmate who did all these paintings in his own shit <laughs> in prison. And the amount of wank she goes on about <laughs> these fucking things is like, I, f- I feel like his whole the whole point of that was him lampooning art. Yeah, yeah. She just bangs on about the genius, almost genius behind these paintings that is just not real. Mm. Like, has she just fucking, like, thrown out her whole art career as being like, all you are is a fucking someone who bangs on about shit? I think people banging on about art and being art, like, you know, buying and reselling art, I'm sure there are a ton of wankers and charlatans. Mm. Involved. Yeah. I don't think anyone would argue against that, um, but I don't think that invalidates art. Yeah. The thing for me with modern art is that art is an, a several thousand year long, ongoing conversation. Mm. Like a five thousand years ago, someone was like, "Oh, you know, what if I fucking did a drawing instead of just a painting?" And everyone's like, "Hang on a second, are you going to do a drawing?" On the canvas, not a painting. <laughs> Are you fucking joking? And they did it and they're like, oh, that's pretty good. What if we did a drawing and a painting together? Oh, fucking game changing. And then it goes on and on and on. Mm. Everyone's coming up with new ideas. Everyone's being like, oh, I'm going to do something that's different to the one before me. Mm. So fucking fuck you. This is how I'm doing it. Until eventually we're doing all white canvases. Yeah. People shitting in tins. Yeah. Putting on display. You've always got to do something new. Otherwise, what's the point? It's like the Talmud. Oh? This was the little brain fart I had on the way in. Yeah. <laughs> that made me question whether I was actually going insane. Because <laughs> it is a little bit crazy to be like, what if modern artists like ancient Jewish scripture? Okay. I'm drawing you... I'm drawing connections. Ah. <laughs> but it's the same with any, any like... You know, like music and writing and all that kind of a thing. Mm. Like, you, if you were to play modern hip hop to like the original hip hop guys, they're going to be like, "What the hell is that?" But it's just morphed into something completely different over the years. Mm. Which, yeah, it's all changing what came before it. 
ongoing conversation. Ongoing, like the Telmwood. Yeah. Jeebus. <laughs> um, I've seen some really fun things in art galleries. Little like mazes and things. Little cardboard yeah. maze one time. Um, yeah. What was, it? what was the what was the point of it? Well, you just kind of wander around and you'd get lost a little bit and pop up in a little room and there might be a little TV plan, something fun. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Then you wander back around and yeah, it was fun. I don't know if it meant anything, but I had fun. Yeah. Did it make you question your reality? No, I don't think so. It's not always about questioning reality. Sometimes it's, you know, the ones where they're just like, oh, they've just slapped some paint on the thing. Well, it's about, you know, the movements that they were making and what they were feeling while they were doing it. You don't have, you don't have to... You don't have to be into it, mm. is the other thing. Well, that's the other thing, yeah. The the Rogan and the Paul Joseph Watson, they're saying that everyone that loves modern art loves these pieces that we hate. But, like, I probably wouldn't like some of those pieces either. Yeah. I don't think, like, we don't... Not everyone has to like all the... Like, yeah. Paul Joseph Watson talked about the Tins of Shit one. Are you saying art subjective? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, the Tins of Shit one he goes on about where someone puts some Tins of Shit. Yeah. Like... A big part of the artist is probably like um, getting people to pay to look at tins of shit, yeah. which is exactly why Paul Joseph Watson's upset. So I feel like it's <laughs> that's the whole point. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sure he'd be happier if we were all looking at his fucking commie art. That he yeah, wants. he wants commie art. <laughs> um, money laundering. Oh yeah, that was the other thing. When you look at these, this makes a lot more sense than any of it, including the actual thing of the CIA. Yeah. It's just that what if all of this was just a huge front for money laundering? Yeah. Where at some point someone was like, oh, what if we just said that this was worth a lot of money, sold it to ourselves, ran all of our dirty drug money through auction houses, (laughs) and then we can all walk away. And yes, we've accidentally created an industry of like weird canvases, (laughs) but that's not our problem. Um, So the International Monetary Fund estimated that the amount available for laundering through the financial system worth about $1.6 trillion. Yep. Um, and basically, there are these things called free ports where art is stored, where, like, they're not actually part of a country. It's, you know, international waters, so to speak. Right. Um, there's a handful of them around the world. And so a lot of modern art lives in these these free ports. Or, sorry, a lot of art lives in these free ports. Um, I think they estimate one, like, a couple of them are worth, like, $100 billion worth of art. On paper. Yeah. And so people were buying and selling the art in these free ports, but it's just staying there and just money's changing hands. Right. So it's obviously being used for people to, yeah, launder money. So there are some good conspiracies that are just people being doing crimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which also, just to mix it into the other real conspiracy... Like the CIA, who famously need to launder lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you be like, well, we can kill two birds with one stone. If they weren't doing that, I'd be disappointed in them. <laughs> um, there's another also famous story about um, this, how snooty art collectors are and art tellers are, and they don't want it to fall into the wrong hands. And Daniel Radcliffe apparently went to buy a painting. Um, I think it was a painting. And he was told that... Um, they were waiting for a more prestigious collector to sell it, to sell it to. Right. Um, and at the time, I think he was, you know, he was, Harry, he was after Harry Potter, so he was well known. Yeah. Um, 
but the artist and like so the everyone says oh you know not even a hollywood movie star just because he's seen to be low grade can buy art which is fair the art collector was wrong in this scenario but the artist turns out heard about it he's like hey hang on it's not right and so now they've become good friends and he owns a bunch of his art right but that no one ever says the second part of that story where it all turns out fine yeah the art the art collector is a horrible person but the actual art Itself, the artist itself was just likes Harry Potter. Yeah, and Harry Potter likes him. What a what body lovely. <laughs> he's story. one of those fortunate artists who like is making a lot of money while he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Cam, can you tell us about circles again? Are we are we at this point or no? All done. Oh, what happened to your whole circle gear? The whole no the the circling back was that a uh, modern art. Oh, the like, Talmud. It's like the Talmud. <sighs> An ongoing conversation. What's your favourite type of art, Robbo? Oh, I think um, immersive multimedia art is yep. pretty sick. Um, seen some these days with virtual reality. There's been some pretty cool. I saw one that was based on Dune. Oh, yeah. So you put on your headset and you're just moving through this crazy world of all these like shapes and stuff moving around. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that kind of thing. Cool. Do you like Picasso, Salty? Are you a bit of a Guernica fan? Yeah, I like some Picasso. It's not just a picture of a vase or anything, though. No, but it's also not just a fucking red dot on a white piece of paper, is it? It's basically, it's just a bunch of things. (laughs) You can't even do the faces properly. You don't have to do the faces properly. I, man, I've been through some of the galleries in Europe. So much just the same art. Yeah. Like, well, a lot of that classical art is. It's great. It's uh, it's amazing. I can never paint like half of it, but yeah, yeah. you do burn out on the same sort of shit. Um, going through, there's one in Florence, I want to say. And it's just, I think there's like 30 rooms of paintings of the Madonna and the baby. Yeah. Just like, and all the babies look creepy as shit. You see them <laughs> the whole like, oh, this is. You just walk through room after room. Yeah. And all I wanted to see was the lady in the clam. The clam oh, yeah. show lady, yeah, yeah. Venus, yeah, rising or whatever it's called. That was pretty cool. That was that was worth looking at some creepy babies in the lead. <laughs> I really like the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's cool. It's got a really massive Rembrandt painting in it, like the Night Watch or something. Mm. That's really cool. I saw David. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm. Saw his dinger. Hey, it's <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about art as well. You see dingers and, and boobs. Yeah, you don't have to feel. Bad about it. Oh, you're appreciating them. Yeah. No, you can. What kind of art do you like? <laughs> you know, I like a newie. I like some of the newies, but also like seeing a really oldie. Yeah. 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 When you look at the little picture, it's like, oh, by the way, this is a thousand years older than you'll ever be. Yeah. 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 I um, I really like uh, Hieronymus Bosch work. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy stuff. It's awesome. I know the name. I don't know if I... Uh, Garden of Earthly Delights. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I Just while I was researching this, it wasn't good enough to mention, but now, as long as we're on... Now, the now there's just of... been art appreciation with Hypothetical Institute. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking about the Garden of Earthly Delights. I saw a, a list of art Easter eggs, and one of them was in the Garden of Earthly Delights. There's a dude with uh, some sheet music tattooed on his ass. Right. Like, right. just in a corner somewhere. And someone... um. Did the music, they, they zoomed in 
and recorded the music. Ah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Hieronymus Bosch's bum music. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded all right. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where you're like, Hieronymus Bosch, are you just drawing random notes? <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it's pretty jazzy. Um, oh, yeah. Don't get me started on jazz and the random notes. Oh, yeah. Um, Fucking jazz. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go to your local art gallery, is what I want to say. Support the CIA. <laughs> They've spent a lot of money bringing this art to us. Mm. We should reward them. I um, So I saw two Bosch panels in Rotterdam mm-hmm. at the Bohems Museum, the Bohems or whatever it's called. It's like standing in front of them was fucking amazing. Mm. I like so old. This is like these little guys on it. It's cool. Hmm. Was I seen? Th- I think three of Degas dancing little ballerina girl uh, yeah. bronze statues. I yeah, think I've yeah. seen three of those in various places. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I like a lot of art. I just don't. I guess I don't find much appreciation in modern art. Tr- that modern art we've been talking about. Yeah, piss bucket banana peel just wouldn't float my boat. Yeah, I don't think we'd float that many boats really. Probably. There's a reason why we've never seen piss bucket banana peel happen. Yeah. Like, you can cherry pick... You what know. if I put a fucking Jesus in it? No, Piss that, Christ bucket, that'd banana be pretty, peel. That'd be pretty sick. It'd be derivative. Yeah, it would be derivative. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you, yeah, you can probably go to the NGV now and find ridiculous examples of art. Yeah. Amongst amazing examples of modern art as well. And you can, you can come out and go... Oh, there was a piss bucket banana peel and ignore everything else around it. And, and you, people get outraged. Mm. <sighs> a few years ago when I went on holidays, I brought you, I did buy you a magnet that I lost. That's why I didn't give it to you. Right. I got your little piss crust magnet. Now I'm glad uh-huh. I didn't give it to you. <laughs> get him a Madonna and baby magnet. That's a creepy baby next time. Oh, right. Anything else to add about art? I don't think so. No, just why did so many people at the Museum of Modern Art in New York also be in the CIA? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I wrote them down. Shall we run through them real quick? So Rockefeller's mum was one of the co-founders of MoMA. Um, I think he referred to it as Mummy's Museum. <laughs> um, and he was one of the biggest backers of abstract expressionism when it was coming up. Um so William Pally, Pally, Pally was the president of CBS and one of the founders of the CIA. He was on the board of the museum's international program, pushing abstract stuff overseas. Mm. Um, John Hay Whitney, who was part of the what the CIA was before it was the CIA. Um, he was the chairman of the museum, of the gallery. Uh, Tom Braden who was the CIA's first chief of international organization division was the executive secretary of the gallery in 1949. So there's like these four dudes who are big players hmm. in MoMA, all ex-intelligence hmm. people. A bit sus. Yeah, it is a bit sus. Well, it's a bit sus until we go, I oh, know they were actually, it was actually <laughs> a thing they did. It was, makes yeah. sense yeah, yeah. that they stacked the board with the CIA men. <laughs> I guess the question is right. Let's say that the CIA hadn't done that. They had, like they didn't go out of their way to promote abstract expressionism, yeah. which arguably would have still existed, mm. just might not have been the as big a thing as it was. Maybe. Well, one of the things I read was that Jackson Pollock's work prior prior to this was quite traditional. Yeah, right. 
And then all of a sudden he was just fucking splattering shit. Well, I guess if there's like... Did he, he did he naturally start doing that? Or was it like the CIA's like, hey, you're you're going to be a name, but we need you to do something completely different. Mm. I th- That's just good producing on the CIA's behalf. Mm. I know, think they've it- spotted talent and they've cultivated it into being a world-famous artist. Yeah, I think it was probably more that these guys were already doing it and the CIA was like, yep, that's what we need to be promoting. Right. Yeah. The new stuff rather than the old stuff. Mm. And probably as a result of how much it was promoted, more of it came, mm. right? Mm. So I wonder if they hadn't done that, would we have like seen some real advancements in barn painting? Like some really <laughs> detailed barns. <laughs> or if things would have just continued as they were. Because it's like, the only people that were... Stopping it from happening, like fuddy duddy conservatives were like not letting the government fund this stuff. Mm. It was still going to happen, though. Mm. I don't know. My take: there are always going to be charlatans in the art world mm. and wankers, but art's still pretty fun. Yeah. See, with my art, I do, I do a lot of I guess surrealist type stuff. Mm. Some of it's quite dark, and people sometimes ask me, oh, what is, what's, what's that mean? And to be honest, none of it means anything. Mm. That's not true. Like, like you, what about, uh, your little time traveling frog man? Well, that's, I did drew that for a purpose though. Like you go on my Instagram and there's like pictures of like, I'll draw a skull with mushrooms and shit growing out of it and all this weird stuff like that. Mm. I'm not, I'm not representing anything with that. It's just something that I did that looked sick when I drew it. Aren't you though? Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, we have established that I draw a lot of mushrooms because they <laughs> make me think of dicks. But <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, we need to we need to do a series of you sitting on a psychiatrist's couch and <laughs> <laughs> trying to unpack your art. Well, I have been, you know what it's I've been thinking? It's a session because it's like, all right, mushrooms are dicks. Yeah. yeah. Skulls, dicks. Yeah. <laughs> what are these dicks? Those, oh. yeah, those big dick-like vines. <laughs> dicks. Yeah. Tentacles. I was thinking about doing a podcast on art. Yeah. Like a small, small, like five to 10 minute per episode thing where I just have a look at different art movements. Mm. And give like a fucking basic five star rating, a basic bitch <laughs> like coming at most of them from having no knowledge mm. to knowing a little bit about them. Series of mm. podcasts, maybe I'll do that. Just be every episode. Be like, so this is another CIA one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> farts. Yeah, called farts. I just want to say chiaroscuro a lot. Just fucking. <laughs> what is it? Chiaroscuro shading? Is that a thing? <laughs> It's not, yeah, well, that's from Homestar Runner. Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> <laughs> Another famous art thing. Yeah. Know, Homestar like, Runner. Chiaroscuro is like a, it's more than just shading. Well, that's what's cut through the mainstream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was in Europe at one of the art galleries, I've, I followed a tour group around a little bit and I was just yeah. waiting for what the woman to say something like that. Yeah, yeah. She never did. Yeah. She was walking by all this Rembrandt stuff too. I'm like, this, this is when you've got to say it. Consummate V's, he yelled out. All right, we should wrap this baby up. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my my takeaway, though, is that stuff like that Paul Joseph Watson thing, like that's such an easy way to get people in to that. Like... Into not liking modern art. Well, no, because it's like... No no offense to anyone at the table, but it's like a really easy opinion to have. 
And he's like, I think it's like a really good entry point into like the fucked shit that he is into. Mm. Like you get someone in with that. It's like, it's it's not an easy opinion. It's a common opinion. Mm. Mm. But you can get someone in with that. And then it's like a good entry point into, um, so why are they doing it? Well, it's because the Jews run the world. Because mm. <laughs> he, in his rant, he did bring up cultural Marxism, yeah. which is mm. just a, a dog whistle for Jews run the world, right? Yeah. Um, but also like, it is a valid opinion as well. Yeah. There is a lot of terrible art out there. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'll stand, I'll defend piss bucket banana peel until I feel like we need to make a t-shirt of that. Or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm really into it. <laughs> uh, any more closing comments? He's defending that? piss bucket banana peel, even though I told him that I just did it because it was fucking <laughs> bullshit and everyone would come and look at it. And but is, isn't that commentary on art itself? Mm. Yeah, maybe you played yourself. Yeah. I succeed. Oh, just fucking success, if you ask me. You know what would make it better? What's that? Someone comes in, wanders along, <laughs> slips on the banana peel, <laughs> falls in the bucket, gets, gets all over him. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make the top ten fails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, if people want to find us online, they can do so on Twitter, twitter.com/apothpod. We are on Facebook, where we appreciate your heart reacts. On iTunes, where you can leave us a little rating mm. or even a review. We're on Spotify if you've got some sort of Spotify data plan. Uh, hypotheticalinstitute.com, cookedunits.com for merch, and of course, patreon.com slash hypothopod to join a legion of cooked units. Jump on in to the fun. Yeah. And get some sweet badges and pins and things. Robbo, where can they find you? You can get me at aleofatime.com. Uh, keg, bottle, canned, still in bookshops, unless everyone's all bought their copies. If you haven't, go do it before Christmas. Be a nice gift. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Saltmarsh on Instagram uh, for art and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not much illustration on just, Facebook for just art. Big metaphors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> metaphors and, and pro communist line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wheats. Um, pictures of things that you will understand and be able to see and relate to very easily. Yeah. Like, you skulls know, like, with dicks drawing, drawing <laughs> out of their heads. Skull around. Yeah. And it gets fungus on it. Yeah. <laughs> we can all relate to uh. this. Um, and you can also jump on society6.com slash saltmarsh and buy some prints of my artwork. Oh, that's the first I've heard of this. Yeah, it's new. Also, so, some fucking sweet phone cases. So, say it again, society6? Society6.com slash salt Letter or a number? Number. Right. They didn't think of that, did they? No. Great. Cam. Cam. And you can find me on twitter.com slash sexenheimer and gather around me on iTunes and Facebook for my other podcast. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Don't worry. About a thing Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians I said don't worry About a thing Except maybe the fluoride in our water supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry About a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia. I said, don't worry about a thing. I accept. You can definitely hear John Lennon say, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever. Ooh, don't worry about a thing. Except not only did Bush do 9 11, but he also keeps the